our God's a good God. And uh, for a communion this morning, I'm going to look at another glorious gift that God has given to us. Psalm 119, beginning to read at verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray that as we uh, study it in preparation for communion, that we would glory in your grace, which is so full, so rich, so free. Your mercies are new every morning. Uh, day by day, we recognize that uh, you not only give deliverance to us, uh, you are the one who sustains every atom of our bodies. Uh, you sustain our spirits. You give to us peace, even in the midst of trouble. And so I pray for your continued blessing upon this, your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many times we've looked at how communion is a beautiful symbol of God's grace and all the many different facets of God's grace. But communion is also a commitment uh, to God's law. At the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples, John 13 uh, through 15, he uses the words command, commands, commandment, and law ten times. But his discussion of those commandments is much more pervasive. And so we grossly misunderstand the Lord's table if we do not see this as a commitment to his law by his grace. Throughout the scripture, grace and law dovetail together to unite our hearts with God's heart. And let me tell you something. Whenever grace and law are separated, heresy is automatically present. You can study the last 2,000 years of church history, and you will see that there is no exceptions to this. Law without grace is the heresy of Phariseeism and all of the related Pharisees that have flowed from that. And grace without law is the heresy of Montanism and all of the related heresies that have flowed from that. Uh, God's intention was that grace and law would be so united in our lives that both are written on our hearts. And this was God's purpose, actually, before we even came to Christ. It was the law of God that prepared us for our need for Christ for our need for his grace. We wouldn't even understand what grace was all about if it was not for the law of God driving us to Christ. And so uh, right off the bat, uh, grace prepared the way. In regeneration, grace made us alive to the law, recognizing uh, the law. In conversion, we're convicted by that law. We turn around back to that law. In justification, we are made at peace with that law. In adoption, we are brought into his family, which is what? Governed by his law. And in sanctification, we are more and more being conformed to uh, his law. But grace and law cannot be separated without involving us in heresy. And heresy is rampant in the church of Jesus Christ of today. Now, Psalm 119, verse 97, shows the power of grace to ch change our hearts so radically 
that it produces a passionate love for God's law within us. Now this is a miracle of God's grace because the Apostle Paul said that the carnal mind, that is the unregenerate mind, cannot be subject to the law of God, cannot love the law of God. It is an absolute impossibility. Uh, and so um, even in believers, uh, it is only God's grace that can produce such a passionate statement as you see in verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Now the first, um, ver uh, the first word in the Hebrew is translated, oh, how. It's the Hebrew word ma. And it's not mummy. It's, uh, <laughs> it, ma means an emotional depth to our, uh, our love for God. In fact, there is a degree of wonder that's involved in it because in some contexts, ma is translated as what? It's like amazement that is involved. And there, it really is an amazing thing that people who used to hate God's law or at least were indifferent, could care less about God's law, are suddenly passionate about his law. It is grace alone that can do that within us. Uh, one author said, the prophet seems to speak with a kind of sighing as being so ravished with love towards the law of God. He says next, how I love. Not just how I read your law and study your law and at least outwardly try to obey your law. Uh, now obviously we don't have love if we're not reading, studying, obeying uh, the law of God. But you can have the former without that love. The presence of grace is shown by the fact that his heart is attached to the law of God, loves God's law. As uh, verse 103 says, he finds God's law sweeter than honey. He loves it. It's very tasty to him. So the question is, do you have evidence of the grace of God within uh, your life? Grace produces a passionate love for God's law. This is the kind of love that is grieved when others hate what you love, what you are attached to. Psalm 119 speaks of weeping over the fact that others despise God's law. Does it grieve you that our nation has turned its back on God's law? You cannot love the law without being deeply disturbed when others despise it. And this is not simply the promises of Scripture. This is the law, the law of God, which is love. So we've seen first there's a deep emotional wonder over God's law found in the words, oh, how. Second, there's a deep attraction to the law found in I love. Third, there is a deep preoccupation with God's law found in the words, I'm, it is my meditation. And by the way, this is not a verb. This is saying more than, you know, once in a while I meditate on your law. This is a noun that shows a state of being, a constant state of preoccupation. So grace, you can just think of it as the, as the atmosphere in which our mind breathes and thinks and acts. And the next phrase confirms this since it says, it is my meditation all the day. Throughout the day, God's law informs our decision-making. Now, last week, Rodney said how many thousand uh, times a day we are making decisions. I still find it astonishing. It could be that many. But if that is true, that means thousands of times a day, our decision-making is either in conformity with God's law or out of conformity with God's law. Now, here's the question. How on earth could we have the time to 
have God's law inform those decisions. We can't if we're not already prepared to do that by having a lifetime of meditating in God's law where it becomes part and parcel of our being. It becomes the most natural thing to make decisions uh, according to God's word. And so habits of good meditation make for habits of automatically making good decisions. To meditate all day even when your mind is actually uh, fixed on some project uh, other than reading the scripture, you're still, you can still meditate when you're doing programming or whatever it is that your mind is on. The only way you can do that is if the scriptures have permeated your being and it's just a habit reflex to make the right decisions. Now the only person who can make this statement 100% of the time, every day of his life, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the rest of us, we are becoming more and more conformed, and hopefully as you get older, you're finding, yes, more and more, this statement is true of my life. And we're reflecting the mind of Jesus. So as we come to the Lord's table this morning, let's ask God to so fill us with his grace that we can say with David, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So let's once again enter into the sign and seal of this covenant of friendship by committing ourselves to both grace and law. They really are made friends in Jesus Christ. Father God, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus, so thankful that we do not have to approach your law outside of Jesus. And so as we come to this meal, we're reminding ourselves that apart from grace, we cannot uh, achieve it. These thousands of decisions that we make every day are going to be humanistically made. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us this day to be so full of your spirit, so captured by meditation upon your law that the reflexes that we can do as habits of life without even thinking about it are decisions that truly flow from your word. Uh, bless this your people, Father, with grace upon grace that day by day we would grow more and more into conformity with this scripture. Do set aside these common elements to a holy use and may you be glorified in our partaking. In Jesus' name. Amen.